Today's JJ Reddick podcast is brought to you by Belvedere Vodka. Produced in one of the world's longest running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all natural vodka. Crafted by a collective of master distillers, Belvedere is made with non GMO Polish rye, pure water, and no additives. Recognized for quality, Belvedere was named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today, and remember to always drink responsibly. Welcome to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick Podcast. This week, I am joined by Charlotte Hornets superstar, Kemba Walker. Kemba is someone I've been trying to get on the pod for several months now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. He's someone who's gotten better every year. I think he goes about things the right way. He's a winner. He's a competitor. He's an unbelievable player. I'm a huge fan. Let's get right to my conversation with Kemba Walker. Like you came back for like two weeks, basically, right? What you mean? Into New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you live in Charlotte. I live in Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have a place in New York. Nah. Your family is here? My family's in Charlotte. You moved your family to Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got you. The whole family. Because um, this this week, like, you know, you did the NBPA camp. Uh-huh. And, of course, the New York media asked you about playing at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought your your responses were great. But, like, this, this notion that, that, of, like, playing at home... Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of guys don't want to do it. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's just. I think it's just hard coming back home, man. Um, I mean, New York is. You know, New York is New York. Yeah. Um, I'm from here, and you know, I'm just very comfortable in Charlotte. I mean, that's why I gave those guys those answers. I mean, Charlotte was the first team to give me my opportunity out of college, and during the draft, I had no idea where I was going. So, it's like they ask me questions about New York all the time, but I'm like, I don't know. I've been on one team my whole entire career so far, and you know I'll be a free agent next season, so <laughs> we'll I see. I mean, you have to realize for the next basically nine to yeah. ten months, yeah, this is going to be the the line of questioning. Yeah. Every time you come through New York, every time you go to a team that is going to have cap space and mm-hmm. is going to need a point guard next summer, yeah. are you prepared for that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very prepared. I'm very prepared. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been getting asked all summer, especially about the Knicks. Like that's been like number one team that everyone has asked me about, but yeah, I'm prepared to answer all questions. I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. Around the trade deadline, um, your name was in some trade rumors. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the whole timeline, but I think you ended up meeting with MJ at one point. Yeah, yeah. he just gave me a call. Okay. He he called you. Okay. All right. And now this summer you sort of profess this, this loyalty to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Publicly, yeah, you're not going to come on my podcast and say anything different. I don't. I wouldn't expect you to. But as as you've seen this summer, yeah, this notion of of player loyalty, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it gets it gets thrown out. Yeah. So in the back of your mind, like I, I understand what you're saying publicly, but there's got to be a part of you that is basically like I've I've got to do what's best for yeah. me. I mean, I think at some point it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to me making the best decision for me and my family. But at, at this in particular, you know, moment, at this time, I mean, Charlotte's where I want to, that's where I want to be. Like I said, it's the team that gave me my first opportunity. I just want to just give back, 
you know, to the community, to the organization, you know, just like I've done, you know, but I want to continue to do it. And, you know, I just want to help that organization just become successful. And I think I can. Um, you could count in your hand how many times we've been to the playoffs. Like, it just, you know, we really haven't been successful. And, you know, I want to be one of the guys to help that organization, like, really become successful. I want to be in the playoffs every single year. And that's a huge part of why I really don't want to leave. I want to help the city. I want to be a part of something big in Charlotte just because, you know, we really haven't done anything. You know, we've had great teams in the past, a long time ago with Alonzo and stuff like that. And then, you know, we had a few good teams, but it just hasn't been consistent. And, you know, I just want to be a part of something special. Yeah, what's up, bud? <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> nice. That was, that, was, that was my four-year-old. Four-year-old Knox just came in the conference room to tell me he loves me. <laughs> nice. I didn't, I actually, I paid him in, um, in M&Ms earlier to come do that. <laughs> I've, I've said this before on my podcast, like every, every guy in the league, not every guy, but a lot of guys, like we get labeled as like a winner, as like a loser. Yeah. And, uh, and I really feel like it just may not make sense, but like, you can be a winner mm-hmm. yourself. Like be, you could, you could be a winner, but be on a bad team. Yeah. Be a loser, and vice versa. You could be a loser and just, as luck would have yeah. it, end up on a good team. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've always considered you as a winner. I, I have to ask you though. So your 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 last year in college, you guys win a national championship, yeah. and then your rookie year, you're percentage-wise, on the worst team yeah. in NBA history. 7-59, yeah. it was a lockout year. You, didn't, you played in every game that yeah. year. How did, you, how did you manage that, that rookie season? Man. Mentally. <sighs> it was rough, honestly. It was, it was really rough. But, you know, for the most part, like you said, you know, I always considered myself a winner. Like, I always considered myself a winner. That was such a crazy experience. You know, we, we lost so many games. I think we lost what? I think we had like two streaks. One streak of like an 18-game losing streak, and then we ended the season with like a 23-game. Something crazy, man. It was unbelievable. But as far as my mental standpoint, I mean, I just wanted to get better. Like, I really didn't care. Like, my whole goal was to show people that I could play at a high level. Um, and I just wanted to get better. That's it. I just always stayed in the gym, made sure I was getting my work in. You know, the older guys, they were they were great to me. Like, guys like Sagana Jop. You know, DJ Augustine was on that team. He was he was amazing for me that year. I've learned a lot from him. Like, during my basketball career now, the way I play now, a lot of my stuff is uh, is from DJ Augustine. So he he's helped me so much when I was a rookie. Gerald Henderson, you know, another guy who I just, who I flocked to, you know, as soon as I got there, we became, like, super close friends. You know, I was even in his wedding. Um, so, you know, just guys like that who, who, who show me the ropes. They show me how to work. They show me how to stay in the gym working regardless of you know how things are going and um I think that's why I am the kind of guy I am today man those you know having vets like that and that's why it's great to have older guys on the team because you know you learn from guys and right. those guys help me they help me so, so much it, it almost sounds like at some point in your rookie year you like had like a, a mentality switch of like uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna win games so I'm gonna take a long-term approach here and just try to learn from yeah. the, from the old heads and and try to get better. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I mean, but but don't you think if you're like comp- like you're competitive? Yeah. Like I, my last year in Orlando, we were not going to make the playoffs. Uh-huh. I made the playoffs every year in my career, but it was only because I got traded mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. Okay, <laughs> we were not going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and 
that first two months of that season, I, I mean, I was like angry all the yeah. time. Oh, it no, was no. so hard to deal with. Oh, and no, at some angry. point, like in late December, <laughs> early January, I just had a switch like, all right, like I've got to change my mentality. Mm-hmm. There's There's got to be another form of winning. Yeah. I'm using quotes here, but like mm-hmm. winning other than like wins and losses in a, yeah. in, in a box score. That's exactly what it is. You got to, you have to change your mindset. And you know, it wasn't, it didn't happen like fast. You know, it didn't happen fast at all. It took me a while to, to think like that. Um, and that's because, like I said, because of my vets. I'm, I'm so competitive. I want to win so bad. I mean, I had days where, like, <laughs> I went I went home and I, and I cried, like, honestly. It was so bad. Like I, like I said, I'm just so competitive. And, um, you know, me and my cousin, we're, we're really close. So, you know, he's a guy who I, who I kind of talk to all the time. And he was the one who helped me get through that year. My parents, I mean, of course. But him, you know, my cousin Keto, he's the one who, who I speak to about things all the time. So... He kind of helped me get through that year. He was the one who kind of told me just get my work in, just get better and, you know, see what I can do the following year. I mean, even though that year wasn't great as well. So it's been a, it's been a few years where I had to kind of take that approach. So I guess then, like, you you had a few frustrating seasons. Mm-hmm. You, Cliff comes in, mm-hmm. who I, I played for. Yeah. I talked about this last week with, with Mo Bomb. I played for him in Orlando. Cliff comes in. You guys make the playoffs. Do you remember that first playoff game, that feeling oh, of how different yeah. that yes. was compared to what you had just experienced the, the prior few seasons. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was so unbelievable. Like the atmosphere, we played we played in Miami and that was, it was against LeBron and Chris Bosh and D-Wade. We had no chance. We had no chance. But, I remember uh, that series being competitive yeah, though. Was, you guys was, got swept, right? Yeah, we got swept, but, but it, it was, was super competitive. Like yeah. we, we battled, Big Al was hurt. He hurt his foot that year. And he was, what, NBA All-13 that year. He was killing. He was killing it. And we needed him. And he got hurt. That hurt us so bad. But like I, like you said, like I said, we competed so hard that we didn't even care that we got swept. We were so happy to be in the playoffs. We were so happy to be playing against those guys, getting some some televised games. No, we, we're never on TV and stuff like that. So we were super excited. And, um, yeah, it was super competitive. And that's all, we, that's all we really cared about. As long as we went out there and we know that we left it all on the court, I think we were really you know, excited about that, especially because that was my first time in the playoffs. Like, I guess compare the feeling that you've had mm-hmm. between an NCAA tournament game mm-hmm. or, like, the Big East tournament at the yeah. Garden versus an NBA playoff game. Oh, man. Similar? Different? The playoffs, to me, I know it's, it sounds silly to yeah. say this because – the NCAA tournament is one and done. Yeah. But for some reason, I just feel like an NBA playoff game is more intense. I, I don't know. I yeah. may be wrong in that. I, th- I also didn't win a national championship. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> you know what? It is. I just think only because, you know, I mean, we're pros. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, you know, we're a lot older and we we just know what it takes, especially when we're in the playoffs. Like, we know, like, you got to bring a certain type of game, certain type of effort to that to that playoff series. And in college, it's just not so many good players on one team. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think we just we just know. I do think the NBA playoffs is definitely more intense though. It's like, it's unbelievable. That's that's when the crowd gets the yeah. best. I mean, you, but you know, college crowds are like I still feel like unbelievable. at the college level, uh-huh. there's wasted possessions mm-hmm. in a in oh. a, in big time games. Yes. Whereas in the NBA, <laughs> yeah. Like every possession just is such a grind. Yeah. 
every possession. Yeah, because you know we got the 24 shot clock. Yeah. In college, we had 35, so we we ran about five different plays within that 35 seconds. Oh, I remember the 2011 championship oh, game. Oh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that I was, was tired, tough man. to watch. Yeah, it was, but everybody says that to me. Everybody, like, man, that championship game was the worst game I ever seen. I'm like, I don't care. We won. That's all that counts. Yeah. I got my ring. I'm good. Yeah. Best, best college program of the last 30 years. <clears throat> the last 30? Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm going to say UConn. <laughs> I mean, of, of course, you're going to think Duke. <laughs> but, you know, we have Kentucky, who's, yeah. they probably, they, I, I can't really say they've been the best, but they've had, they've been getting all the top players. You know what I mean? They send guys out to the NBA every single year, about three to five guys every year. But um, I'm definitely going to say us. I mean, what we got, you said since the 80s, we got, I mean, we got four championships since then. You have four? Four. Oh, we have five. You got five? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you said since the 80s. <laughs> well, since 91. I mean, we're going you know, 27 years. I just wanted to go to a round number. It's if we're including good. 1991, yeah. I mean, whatever. We just basically went it, one every five years. We beat, we beat y'all in one? Yeah, right? You know, my darkest moment, I mean this, my darkest moment as a basketball player uh-huh. was losing to UConn my sophomore year <laughs> in the Final Four. Who was on that team? Was that uh, was Rudy? Mack, uh, oh, Rashad ben, Anderson, Ben, ben Gordon. Guys, yeah. Josh Boone, uh-huh. who's been in the been facility in the here all up. summer. Yep. So I've, I've rehashed some moments <laughs> of that game with him. Uh, it's been shitty. Uh, one of the things I love about being a fan of the game mm-hmm. is, is seeing guys improve. And I want to ask you about your, your shooting improvement. Yeah. Because your numbers, you know, your first, I think, three or four seasons, mm-hmm. your field goal percentage was lower in the high 30s. Mm-hmm. And then in the last three or four seasons, they've taken this, this huge leap. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute that to? Just being in the gym. I mean, like consistently just working. I worked with, uh, we, we hired a shooting coach. His name is Bruce. And Bruce has a difficult last name. So I'm not going to get to his last name. <laughs> he's going to kill me for that. But he was, <clears throat> he's helped me like tremendously. Brought him in and Coach Cliff told me, he's like, you're going to work with Bruce and he's going to help you with the shot. So the first day me and Bruce worked together, he, he changed my shot. He moved it over to the right and the whole summer, like, just shooting the same shot every time. That's all we did. It was so boring. I'm like, I do not want to do this. I need to work on my game. Like, then, you know, my shot wasn't really dropping like I wanted to, especially early in that in that season. I think, what was that? That was, like, 2015, I believe, the first year I worked with him. And I told my I told one of my coaches who I was working with, his name is Steve Hetz. I'm like, Coach Hetz, I do not, I don't want to, through this new form anymore. Like, I can't do it because I'm not making shots. And I told Cliff as well, and they both was like, just stick with it, man. Like, just please, please, please just stay. I'm like, man, I've been shooting this way for 24 years. I don't really care about shooting percentages. I don't know what that's, I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> when the game's close, give me the ball. I'm gonna try to make the shot. Like, I don't know what shooting percentages is, but, you know, being in this league, that's what it's all about. It's all about percentages, numbers, efficiency, efficiency yeah. being consistent. And I had to learn that. And um, I think I think we played a game early at Miami and I had like maybe three or four threes, something like that. And I think from that game on, man, I was just like, damn, like this feels so good. Like being able to shoot, like guys going under, I'm like stepping behind the screen. I'm knocking down the three ball. And I'm like, damn, like it's always the kind of player like, I envision myself being, and I never in a million years thought I really would get to the level that you no, know, I got to. But it just it just makes things so much easier for me. You know, I'm able to use my speed more. I'm able to slow down and you know just shoot. You know, it just it just takes so 
much pressure off myself, my teammates. Um, yeah, and it just helped my game evolve to like a whole another level. Whole another so, the, so the so the the building block, the essential building block, was just a, a tweak in your form. Yeah, yeah. But as you as you've gotten older, as you've matured in this league, I I think a lot of it, especially if you're on a bad team early mm-hmm. on, I would attribute. I'm going to attribute your shooting percentage to being on a bad team early on. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because I feel like when you're, when you first come in the league, and I, I was, this was the way for me too. You're like trying shit, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and you got you. It takes time to mm-hmm. figure out like what is a good shot mm-hmm. for you in this league. At my third year in the NBA, I shot thirty nine percent from the field yeah. and thirty seven percent from three. Yeah. You know, like I, I was, I, I would. Barf! Mm-hmm. If I had those percentages now, <laughs> I would. I would. It would be yeah. really. And I. And I. I feel like even now, like I take. I probably take tougher shots, mm-hmm. but it's just. It's. It's the repetition, yeah. of course, but also sort of figuring out, like, okay, if if I come off at this speed mm-hmm. or at this angle, and I have it in my right hand versus my left hand, like I can make this shot. I can't make this yeah. shot, so let's get back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? No, for sure. It's. It's, yeah. it's sort of like it's like Kobe always used to say, like I'm gonna get to my spots. I'm yeah. gonna make my shot. Like. You figure out sort of where your spots, your spots are. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very true. Because when I first got into the league, I mean, I, like you said, that's what I was doing. I feel like I was just trying stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but the thing about it, it was like, it was really hard for me. I would get my shots off, but it's like the the guys, like the defenders were always right there. So, you know, it's like the margin of error is so small in our league. And yeah. that's kind of what I had to learn. I had to learn how to get my shot off faster. I had to learn how to create more space. So... It's just it's just so many things that you have to learn as a young player, and like for the most part, you got to learn how to put the ball in the basket consistently. And like I said, that's the name of the game. And Bruce, it's it's, it's pretty unbelievable the way the way he helped me. We're gonna take a quick break from Kemba and hear from our sponsors. All right, no matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. They have amazing shower stuff, hairstyling products, toothbrushes and toothpaste, and of course, razors and shave supplies. Recently, I tried the Amber and Lavender Body Wash, and I have to say, lavender is one of my favorite scents, and my skin felt soft. I smelled good. Chelsea even commented to me, you don't smell like eucalyptus right now. You smell like lavender. Everyone has their own way to get ready. You might shave your whole body to get ready for a bike race or do your hair to get ready for your soccer match. No matter what you do to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need. Right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essential Starter Set because I love the Amber Lavender Body Cleanser, but you can't go wrong with any of them. Head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash reddick to pick your own DSC starter set for just $5. After your starter set, products ship at regular price. And make sure you check out their new video too. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash reddick, dollarshaveclub.com slash R-E-D-I-C-K. And now back to my conversation with Charlotte Hornet star, Kemba Walker. You and I have been for the last week working out at opposite ends of the court here at the uh, NBPA facility in New York. And um, I don't, I don't know if you're spying on me, but I spy on you. (laughs) And uh, I've noticed you've started sort of every workout with these, um, these, these finishing drills Uh where you're shooting with two balls. You'll you'll do a move like a dribble move with two balls and you'll jump and you'll shoot like a lefty with one ball and a righty with the other and try to make them simultaneously. Uh, is that something new? And I, I want to ask you about just like sort of 
how difficult it is because like I am I'm bigger than you, uh-huh. but I'm also like I have a negative <clears throat> wingspan. Yeah. And how difficult it is for smaller players in this league to finish mm-hmm. like at the rim. It's I think it's it's one of the biggest challenges yeah. we face. Yeah. That's been one of my problems over the years. You know, it's been my percentages at the rim. So yeah, the finishing stuff I've been doing with Jay, that's new. Okay. <laughs> you know, me and Jay, me and Jay Hernandez, we've worked together since I was since I first got in the league, since I was twenty one. We worked together for pre draft. And um you know, now he's back with me in, in 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 the Hornets with the Hornets, and you know we're working, and he's giving me these crazy drills. And yeah, here here goes this this drill with <laughs> the layup drill. You got the, you got two basketballs in your hand, and you got to lay it up with the left, and then while you're in the air, you still got to finish with the right. It's it's unbelievable, but he makes it every time. Like Jay makes it every time, and I, and I struggle every time. <laughs> but you know, it's just something where you know it's just reaction. You know, in the air, you know, those big guys come out of nowhere. So you gotta you gotta react and be be able to stay in the air sometimes and finish the basketball. But as far as finishing, yes, you know, I'm a smaller point guard, so you know, I just I really had to learn, you know, how to use my body, um, how to use angles, how to use different parts of the backboard, sometimes not even be able to use the backboard. Yeah. yeah. I think I think bigs too, like the way <clears throat> verticality is taught now. Oh man. Everybody's so good at yeah. it. Yeah. Where like eight to ten years ago, there was maybe like five bigs that, mm-hmm. that did it right. Mm-hmm. And now like everybody knows how to do that. Yeah. And so you're going up against six, nine, six, ten yeah. players who are just jumping straight up yeah. in the air and you've got to no figure chance. some way. How's your float game? Like, where would you rate your float game? Oh, man. Because, like, we all want to, we all aspire mm-hmm. to get to Tony Parker, Kyrie level. Yeah. Like, where would you rate your float game? <laughs> Not up there. <laughs> Not up there. I wish it was better. And that's something I'm, I'm, I'm really working on that I've been really working on this summer is, you know, kind of my in-between game. Yeah. Um, Not trying to get to the basket every, every time. You know, just stopping in the middle, letting that thing just, just... Just go up and fly. I mean, my, my floater has definitely gotten better, but definitely trying to get to that Tony Parker level who's on my team now, who I'm going to be yeah. just killing to help me get that <laughs> that floater. Um, Mike Conley, who's another oh, that's who's a good like one. great, especially with his right hand. It's like pretty unbelievable. Yeah, and Kai, I mean, you know, some of the some of the best right there. So, yeah, I'm trying to get to their level for sure <laughs> with those floaters. I feel like it's at it's three to nine foot shot. Yeah, man. It's, it's just so difficult. It's tough. Because it's tough. especially for you, so if you come off a pick and roll, I don't run as many pick and rolls mm-hmm. as you, but if you come off a pick and roll and you're a defender, and you're a lot of times you're getting guarded by sort of the, the primary wing stopper from the other team. Yeah, for the most So part. those guys are going to be in that 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, mm-hmm. range. You're coming off a pick and roll. The big is probably in a drop, mm-hmm. sort of inviting you to come to the rim. Yeah. You get downhill in that sort of three to nine foot mm-hmm. area with the defender on your back. But again, bigger guy. Yep. That's the, I, to me, it's, it's like that's that floater or yeah. even just like a little step back going right. Like yeah. those are the shots that all those little if I could, Steve oh, Nash, man. like, and I've been, I've been watching him so much this summer. I even go back to like to the arena at night and like do the Steve Nash 20 minute drill. Like that's, that's been my. Thing, like nice. all summer so I go back and I'm in the gym I'm just doing like a bunch of floaters little one-footed runners just trying to trying to get those in-between shots I mean I think that's gonna I think it's gonna help me so much I think it's gonna help my body um just just take a lot of pressure off me so yeah I think it's a, it's a really really important shot for for guards like me and just smaller guards in general your your numbers the last three years they jump out 
of the page. Like mm-hmm. they really just, they're standout numbers. Yeah. I mean, 20 plus points, five plus assists, three to four rebounds, great shooting percentages. You've been an efficient player. You've been an all-star twice. I think the last two years, last right? Two years, last yeah. two years, you've been an all-star twice. You've been in the playoffs twice, right? Been in the playoffs twice, both yeah. against Miami, yeah. yeah. So I'm doing research on you mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's just not a lot of stuff on you. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that to like yeah. diss you. And then I go on your Instagram account and you've got a million followers, mm-hmm. which seems like a lot to me. Yes, yeah, to me too. <laughs> it seems like a lot. I have no but idea. But I still <laughs> feel like people always ask me, like, who are the most underrated guys in the NBA? And I'm always like, Kemba Walker. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Kemba's amazing. And do you feel that? Do you feel like you're underrated? Uh, sometimes I do. I do. Um, in what measurement? You know, I just feel like. I just feel like when when names are being called out, sometimes mine just isn't called, and I feel like <laughs> it should be. I mean, but not 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 really. I wouldn't say it should be because, like I said earlier, you know, we just it's all about winning. Yeah, it's all about winning, and you know, unfortunately, you know, just haven't been winning over the years, and I think that's why I get overlooked, and that's why people consider me to be underrated, and you know, people don't see me. You know, in college, you know, we play on ESPN every game for the most part, and. And CBS and stuff like that, but now you got one televised game a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, well, it's, you raise a valid point. Then, yeah. do you feel like if you were in a bigger market? And this is not to dish. This is not, not to dish. I love Charlotte. Man. Charlotte's North Carolina. Yeah. My family lives yeah. in North Carolina. I love North Carolina. But if you were in a bigger market, do you feel like you would have more attention? Like, I, you I would, think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, so you're going to the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> I do think. I do think if I was in a bigger market, I would have more attention. But you know what? Do you want that attention? No. Is it important to you? It's not important to me at all. It, you don't, it doesn't I seem like less. it. <laughs> exactly. It yeah, doesn't I, even seem like it is. I could care less. Like you said, I got a million followers on, on, on Instagram. And honestly, I have no idea how. I barely post. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm going I through your posts post. like seven days ago, yeah. <laughs> three weeks ago, nine <laughs> years ago. <laughs> like, no, I'm exaggerating. But. Yeah, man. It's, I don't know. It's just not really my thing. It's yeah. not really my thing. I just, I'm just a really private guy. I like... Yeah. I like my privacy. I love my privacy. And um, as as the guys that we are and the, the lifestyle we live, you know, privacy is really hard to come by. So, you know, as much as I can, I try to be low-key. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just kind of person I am. Okay. I'm going to ask you a personal question. And, you know, you can answer however you want. For sure. But if I'm you and I'm feeling slighted at all, mm-hmm. part of it is the contract that you've been on the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> so it is human nature. For the last two or three off seasons, you've been an all star. Mm-hmm. You've been on a bargain contract that you signed after your third year, your rookie yeah. extension, right? But in the back of your mind, are you a little bitter about no. timing? Uh, about the timing yeah. of everything? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not bitter at all. I mean, maybe bitter is not the right word. No, I know what you mean, though. I was, I was, I'm, ex- I was excited. I mean, at the time, I was excited. Yeah. I mean, you know, right now, I think I'm in a good situation. Um, I mean, what? 48, 48, 48 million. I mean, it's a, I was, it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. It's just, yeah. yeah no, I know, I know I, exactly there's like, there's some mean. guys that made public comments, mm-hmm. some guys at your position, yeah. that made public comments <laughs> about certain guys' paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's just interesting. Like, we, 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 as players, like, we've sort of gauged everything off to the summer of 2015, 2016. And I'm hoping next summer there's sort of a return to normalcy of just like guys getting paid their market value. Because yeah. you saw these big jumps in 15, yeah. particularly in 16, of course. <laughs> and then there has been a pullback the last <clears throat> two years. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's just an interesting... Yeah, it is. No, it is. But like I said, when I first got that contract, man, I was so, so excited. And I was going to take it less, honestly. 
I didn't, I was like, man, you know where I'm from? Like, <laughs> I'm taking, <laughs> told my agent, like, I told, come on, Jeff, just tell those guys, let's work something out. I'll take whatever. But he's like, it's no way. He's like, you got to get what you deserve. And I mean, he got me 12. At the time, I'm like, well, so at the time, it's great. You, who, who's, what class were you in? Uh, I who, came who in 2000, what? 2011. 11. Yeah. So who was, who, who was like the point um, guards that Kyrie, summer? me, Kyrie. Kyrie, Brandon Knight. Okay. Yeah. That class. I mean, I think yeah, Clay. I mean, Clay, we all know Clay is. Yeah. But all those guys in our class, Kawhi, all yeah. those guys in our class. Yeah. Going back to this underrated mm-hmm. idea. I think you're underrated. <laughs> but it's also like, it's one of those things that your position is so, yeah, it's so deep. Stacked. It's so good. So, so much of, I think, where people put the upper echelons of mm-hmm. point guards <clears throat> sort of falls into two places, winning mm-hmm. and then sort of longevity. Yeah. You know, somebody like Chris Paul, who hasn't yeah. won a champion. He's another guy, right? Yep. Chris is a winner yeah. who's never sure. won a championship. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. I mean, he's a champion, but yep. never won. But like the longevity that he's had. So like, as you kind of are going through the season and you've got your matchups, who are your two or three best point guards in the NBA? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go Steph, Russ, and Kai. Man, I mean, Steph is, he's unbelievable. He's hes a we don't know what kind of player he is. He doesn't stop moving. <laughs> Never know when he's going to shoot. You know, you got to guard the shot. You got to guard the the drive. He can do it all. You know, he can score from anywhere on the, on the basketball court as soon as he steps over half court. So, you know, he's he's a really tough guard. Kai, of course, he's another guy who can score from literally anywhere on the basketball court. Has a million moves. I mean, last season when I played against him, he hit me with... I don't even know what it was, bro. Like, I was like, Kyle, what, what did you just do? He hit me with something, man. Like, I, and I played great defense. Like, yeah. but he just hit me like a like a post move at the at the elbow. Like, 15 fakes. It was unbelievable. And made the shot. And I was right there in his face. But that just goes to show, like, the talent that kid has. He's, he's an unbelievable talent. And Russ, of course, he's just, I mean, he's, what, 6'4"? I mean, as a point guard, it's... Just tough to guard. Do you guard him or does Nick guard uh, him? You know, I guard him sometimes. I guard him a little bit. But over the last couple of years, MKG has been guarding him, okay. um, which is which is great for us because, yeah, I'd rather not. I mean, the personnel around you, you've got to be happy about that mm-hmm. because, I mean, MKG and Nick are yeah. two of the best wing guys. Yeah. And they can sort of guard multiple positions. Yeah. It's a luxury to have. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a luxury to have. <laughs> for sure. luxury, especially MKG, man, like, Man, I'm, I've over the years I've definitely been very fortunate to have that kid. That's like my little brother right there. The defensive task that he has to take on every night. I mean, it's like you got LeBron tonight, <laughs> you got Kawhi tonight. Oh my goodness! Then you got Russ tonight. It's not even his position, but he's, he got to guard yeah, him. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, very, very, very fortunate to have that kid right there. Definitely. All right. When people talk about best handles in the NBA, mm-hmm. Kyrie always gets brought up. Yeah, no question. I'll throw I'll throw Steph in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll throw Jamal Crawford in there. Oh, no question. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll throw you and CP in there. I think mm-hmm. that's the top five. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anyone? Mm-hmm. Am I leaving anyone out? Guys, put James in there. James Ooh, Harden. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see James in there. Okay. I don't think so. I think I that's think it. It's pretty good. I mean, you could put John in there, maybe John Wall. Have you naturally always had such a low center of gravity when you're yeah. when you're driving, coming off pick and rolls? That's yeah. always how you played. That's, that's not something that was taught to you. You just you just uh, played that way since you were young. Yeah, that's just something that that's always been pretty natural to me. Yeah, I think it's hard to guard that. Uh-huh. Like when I think about so, like CJ's another guy. He's got a great handle. CJ yeah. McCollum has a great handle. Yeah. 
like CJ's to me, I've guarded him a ton. He's not the fastest. He's mm-hmm. not the quickest. Mm-hmm. But he's so low. Yeah. So he when is. he puts the ball between his legs or around his back or crosses over, yep. it's like that next step. He just creates yes. so much space. Yes. It's it, it, and I'm I just can't play that low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You it's not right. the way my body's built. Yeah, CJ CJ can handle that thing too. So yeah, he's not that fast, but he's shifty, and um, he just has all the moves. He has all the fakes. He got all the. He has everything, man. He's got game. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got he, game. he got game. He got, CJ has a lot of game, yeah. And, and it's funny, we just talked about like our, our you know, you just mentioned your top point guards. Uh-huh. And, you know, you left out CP, you yeah. made an argument him. James is kind of a point guard, but, yeah. you know, we'll call him a two. Yeah. Damian Lillard, like Damn. John Wall. Like we could just go down the list and, and it's yeah. all these guys that are just superstars. That's why it's like sometimes you can't even really, it's so hard to name guys. But the reality is you could say you are I'm going to throw out, this is a negative number, but uh-huh. like you're the 10th best point guard uh-huh. in the NBA. Yeah. Right? You might be six, you might be three. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, let's just say you're the 10th. Yeah. But you're also like one of the top 30 players in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> That's how deep the position is. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's great. Um, it's great. All right. Last yeah. question I have for you. I asked, I asked Mo Bamba about this uh, last week on my podcast, and he's not even really like a true New York City kid because mm-hmm. he went away for high school. But when he got drafted, he was the highest draft pick of a New York City kid since you and the highest overall, I think he was sixth since Lamar mm-hmm. in 99. Oh, wow. Which uh, I think Lamar was uh, the fourth pick in the draft. What do you attribute the decline of the New York City prep star to? I actually was just talking about this. I have no idea. And it's just, it's just not, it's just not the same anymore. Like, when I was coming out of high school, I went to Rice High School in Harlem, and the Catholic school league was, like, one of the best in the country. Like, we had guys, St. Raymond's is a high school from New York, Christ the King, um, Holy Cross, Severian. I mean, that's just to name a few. But all those schools were really good. Like, we had all the top players from New York that went to all the different schools and all the different boroughs, and we competed. And it's just, it's not that anymore. Like, I is always the, hit. Is, the, is it just a cycle of talent? Like the cycle of talent is gone, or are kids just leaving? Is I, that? I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm so far removed. Yeah. And you know, I don't really know a lot of the kids. And that, like I said, that's something I've been talking about. Like I need to come. I need to come back. And what's the AAU? Pro- do you know kids. the AAU? Do you, are you familiar with the AAU program? See, I, I like when I, we were growing up, they had the Gauchos, Gauchos Riverside, Riverside, yeah. and um, that was that was New Heights and you yeah, know, stuff yeah. like that. And I remember we, my senior year in high school, we played Christ the King. Uh-huh. They were nationally ranked. Yeah, Christ the King um, always good every year. Christ I got King benched the whole good. second half of that game. <laughs> Who they have for pouting? <laughs> I'm not even sure. They beat us by like 35. Really? I can't even remember who they had. Was, was was it Omar Cook? Omar was it like a year ahead of me. Is it a year ahead of you? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Omar Cook, but he was uh, the, the, he was a star. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was really good. But yeah, it's just it's just it just I'm just curious, you know, like you you when we were growing up, you know, New York City was like the hoops. Everybody called it the hoops mecca. Right, and the garden yeah. is still the garden. I don't think the garden oh, yeah. has lost any luster. It doesn't matter what the Knicks do; yeah. the garden yeah. is the garden. Yeah, that never changed. But there's something like you can't you can't make that argument that like yeah. New York City is a hoops hotbed for 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 can't youth make it. for youth basketball. Can't make it, it anymore. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's sad. It's sad because, like you said, you know, it's it's the mecca, and usually we always have guys like 
always got a few guys in, 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 in the league. I mean, we still do, but I feel yeah. like we just don't have it. We don't have enough, and and we need more. Like I'm, I'm getting older. <laughs> we just got Mo, so Mo's gonna hold it down for us. I mean, he's definitely a true New Yorker. We, yeah. we, we love that. We love that kid, and we're definitely proud of him. Um, I mean, I know his brother as well. I know his brothers and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really excited for Mo, especially because I play with Cliff too. So I know what he's, I know yeah. what he's gonna get every night. So, yeah, Mo, Mo gonna hold it down for us for sure. All right, Kemba, thank you for coming in on a Sunday morning no in your off season on your vacation in New York City. <laughs> no you're, problem you're, at you're, all, you're, a good, you're a good sport for this. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. No problem. Thanks right. for having me. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the JJ Reddit Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please hit me up on Twitter at JJ Reddick. Until next time, thank you and talk to you soon. Everyone has their own way to get ready. And no matter what you do, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. Head over to dollarshaveclub.com slash to pick your own DSC starter set for just five bucks. After your starter set, products ship at regular price. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash R-E-D-I-C-K.